All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey, live every weekday at noon Eastern. Welcome in to a Thursday, November 2nd edition of Daily Faceoff Live. He is NHL insider Frank Saravalli. I'm Tyler Uremchuk, and the show, as always, is brought to you by Batano 19+. Plus. Please play responsibly. The game starts now at Botano.ca. Picks for tonight coming up a little bit later on. Also looking for inbox questions over on the YouTube or over on the Daily Faceoff Facebook page. So drop those in if you're watching along. Frank, how's it going? Uh, good. Just kind of catching our breath after a really busy Wednesday in the NHL. Not just a pick forfeiture, but a very interesting and entertaining press conference. Ooh, some are calling it an all-timer, Frank, so let's not waste any more time. Let's jump into whatever the hell is going on in Ottawa. It started with the forfeiture of a first-round pick as a part of the Evgeny Dadanov mistrade that happened a few seasons ago. Michael Andlauer spoke to the media after relieving Pierre Dorian of his duties or, sorry, mutually parting ways, whatever the official terminology is. I'd say fired is is still appropriate. Yeah, I, I think so as well. Um, but Senzo owner, new owner, Michael Anlauer, he didn't hold back, Frank, a couple of really interesting quotes, including this one that we have up on the screen where, you know, he talks about how the NHL did not advise him on either the Dadanov no trade clause investigation or the Pinto sports betting incident. And he said, quote, maybe they didn't want to disrupt it, the sale, to make sure that the seller got the best price. Anlauer clearly frustrated. Frank, is it justified? Oh, I think it's understandable for sure what he's feeling. Look, this sale process dragged on in such a way that toward the end, I think everyone was exasperated saying, 
Who am I even bidding against? I'm upping my offer continually, but for what and against who? And I think in the end, probably feels like he was milked out of an extra $100 million as this all unfolded. Okay, fine. Park it, acquires the team, takes over, good vibes. Everyone heads into the season feeling good. And then 40 days in, gets hit with a two-by-four in the face twice by the league in a span of 10 days where he didn't really see it coming. And so to clarify... Yes, uh, he was made aware of this investigation that was ongoing that took 591 days until yesterday from the 2022 trade deadline when the Dadnoff trade was invalidated, had no idea as to the severity of the penalty that was possibly coming, had heard about it from the previous seller who thought that it was immaterial, and that and the Pinto investigation, which started in the summer, Two things that had nothing to do with him that ends up giving this team a bit of a black eye and he's dealing with that he probably wishes he knew beforehand. And by the way, could have been dealt with before he actually even assumed control of the team. That's the wild part for me is just how long it took this Dadanov investigation to to finish up. Like, Frank, this is one... Nonsensical. Yeah, like... It was a one minor trade from a few years ago, but it obviously had a big impact on two organizations at the time, the Ducks and Golden Knights, who were trying to get something done and get some assets moving in that deal. But that should have been taken care of in five months at the most, not 500 days. It's it's crazy that it dragged on for that long. And maybe it almost feels like they were waiting for the sale to be completed to then finally hand out that justice. And that's disappointing. I mean, I get that it's a 73-page document, I get that there was two days of hearings required in order to move this forward, but 591 days, I, I'd love to know what the legal cost of this was for it to drag on as long as it did because it seemed like the evidence was kind of cut and dried then, knowing that the Sens were the team that did not provide the necessary information, which then caused all of this to come together. I mean... That plus, I think it's also fair to ask the question, was the justice in this case a bit heavy-handed? Yeah, I think that's a fair point as well. A first-round pick is a big, big, big price to pay when you look at a team or any team, never mind a team like the Ottawa Senators. Uh, let's stay on this topic for a little bit longer here. Pierre Dorian ultimately pays the price for this as well with his job. Senators relieve him of his duties on the day that this punishment comes down. And I want to talk a little bit about Dorian's career, I guess. I mean, it was a long time at the helm, one playoff appearance, and it came very early on in his tenure. So I'm not sure if you even really give him credit for that long playoff run in 16-17. Frank, um, Barra asked in the chat, what overall grade would you give uh, Dorian as Sens GM? I'm not sure if it's a very good one. I think it's a C. Uh, that's the first letter that comes to mind. Look, um, I think he deserves some grading on a curve because for the most part, he was dealing with maybe the most mercurial owner in pro sports in Eugene Melnick. Um, I also think there was so much needless drama and dysfunction that accompanied this entire run. So let's park that for a second and talk about the on ice portion. He takes over the team 2016-17 they get to game seven. I was at the game, double OT against the Pittsburgh Penguins, Eastern Conference final, one goal away from going to the cup final. And that summer, they say, you know what? We're going to go for it. We're trading 23-year-old Mika Zibanejad for 29-year-old Derek Broussard. 
Then, as a month into the season, they get trying to chase the cup. They trade for Matt Duchesne from Colorado and give up five pieces. Five months later, same season, they have 67 points, obviously badly missed the playoffs, and say, we are doing a full-scale rebuild. How you go from one to the other in a span of five months is utterly mind-blowing. But let's, okay, let's park that. Then we'll talk about the dysfunction that accompanied this team of all sorts of different kinds, whether it was on the transaction front, whether it was probably a too prolonged run uh, for DJ Smith, who we'll get to in a second now in his fifth year, whether it was simple things like uh, firing of Troy Mann in Belleville, and then his brother ends up leaving the organization in Trent Mann. There were a whole lot of different things that popped up drama-wise the Josh Norris injury to start this season and how that dragged on the mismanagement of the cap for a team that hasn't been at the cap. They couldn't sign Shane Pinto, even if they wanted to, there were so many different things that popped up that made this last um, forfeiture of the draft pick really the last straw when it came to Pierre Dorian's tenure. And now we move on. Steve Steo slides in as the interim GM is there a chance this is maybe more than just the interim tag and we see the old Kyle Dubas move where Steos hires himself to be the GM full-time? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see that just because of the way he answered the question when asked about the GM search. He didn't sound like someone that was running to the phone directory for the NHL to try and uh, set up and line up interviews. He seemed like someone who said, I'm now going to look after both the day-to-day and the long-term view for the Ottawa Senators and seemed kind of comfortable in this spot. And there's no doubt that Michael Anlauer is comfortable with him in this spot because, as you see here, president and GM of the Hamilton Bulldogs, a team that Michael Anlauer owned, they won two OHL championships together. So he clearly believes that Steve Steos is capable of holding this role, even though he says that he liked the two-headed monster of having both a GM and a president of hockey ops, I wouldn't be surprised to see him keep it for the next while. And then at some point just remove the interim tag, but I could also see them going through a process. Yeah. It doesn't seem like they need to be in any sort of a rush, I guess, very similar to the Kyle Dubas situation in Pittsburgh. It's like, Hey, you're in capable hands right now. It's not like there's no one, you know, leading the ship here. Steos can do it, but I like the connection you made to Ann Lauer and remember his time with the Canadians, right? They have that two-pronged apo- approach with Gordon and Kent Hughes. And let me add to, um, there seemed to be a lot of talk about Peter Shirelli um, and the potential of him joining the Sens. As you know, senior VP of the St. Louis Blues, former Edmonton Oilers GM in addition to the Bruins, and has deep connections to Ottawa. I'm not saying that they won't talk, to uh to peter shirelli at some point or even that they haven't already but less than one month ago at the board of governors meeting asked michael anlauer about you know the sort of name floating out there in peter shirelli and he said that shirelli had contacted him he's open to conversations to always continue to learn but at that point they hadn't even had a chance to meet up so maybe that's happened but i don't think it's anywhere near as far down the track as some on social media seem to think it was 
Interesting. Uh, a couple other senators, things coming in just on the inbox. We'll get to those a little bit later in the show. Let's talk about a little bit of what we saw on the ice last night, Frank. And that was a hell of a debut from Connor Zary in Calgary. Slides into the lineup, scores a goal, little garbage goal, getting his nose dirty in the blue paint, racks up six shots. And perhaps the most notable thing for me, Frank, that really shows the difference in Ryan Huska compared to Errol Sutter. They're down a goal late. Connor Zary is sliding out onto the ice and getting meaningful shifts over some key veteran players late in that hockey game. The Flames ultimately lose 4-3, but after the game, a lot of their players seem to be pulling a lot of positives from that performance. No one wants to sit here when you're sitting in a slump like Calgary and take moral victories, but with Zari coming up and having the impact that he did and getting the minutes that he did, I think Flames fans can feel encouraged with what they saw on Wednesday night. Yeah, look, you're searching for some positives if you're a Flames fan today saying, how can we, um, you know, take something from this start? And, you know, I think maybe one of the bright spots for this Calgary team so far has been Craig Conroy and Ryan Husker were preaching in the summer, especially to someone like Matthew Phillips or some of the other younger players that they have. This year is going to be different. We have opportunity. You can come in here and win a job. And so for Zary, uh, a talented kid who's a first-round pick, um, who has you know really put in the work to see him get a, a, a goal on his first shot in the NHL, Matthew Coronado gets his crack uh, in the lineup so far this season. They've brought up and used some different young guys. You know, Jacob Peltier, you know, hurt to start the year, and that's been unfortunate, but. It's such a different feel and vibe around this Calgary team, and rightfully show they should have an opportunity to crack the lineup and make a difference because the guys that have been ahead of them haven't been making it happen this season so far. So you have a game like that against Dallas on a night where Jake Ottinger is excellent. Why not try and throw something a little different out there and try and find a way to get the rest of the team going? I like what we're seeing from an opportunity perspective, and I really like Connor Zary's game, and I think he could be an impact guy moving forward after really taking the time to develop correctly. Yeah, Connor Zary was a first-round pick back in 2020, 24th overall. Think about him, Coronado, Pelgier, a little bit of youth getting shot into this Flames organization. It's definitely not a bad thing. Uh, let's move along. David Pasternak had himself or is having himself quite the start to the season, Frank. And you and I were talking last night. It was kind of like, whoa, why aren't we talking about this guy a little bit more? I mean, we know he's one of the most feared goal scorers in the league since the start of the 2021-22 season. Only McDavid and Dreisaitl have more goals than Pasternak. He's got 109. Dreisaitl's at 110. McDavid's at 111. And Pasternak's played five less games than those guys. You could argue no one's been more consistent over the last number of years at finding the back of the net than Pasternak. Of course, with all the changes that went on over the offseason in Boston, losing their two top six centers, some people, myself included, maybe wondered if Pasternak would be able to keep up that 55-60 goal pace. He can. We got our answer already. Yeah, why not? I mean, this is a guy that, you know, think back to the pandemic season when things were paused, was a co-winner of the Rocket. I mean, this is a incredibly talented and consistent player. And for the life of me, this is kind of going back to our conversation last night, why hasn't he gotten more love? I mean, eight goals in nine games to start and all these questions about Patrice Bergeron, David Krejci, would these guys be able to do it? You've got the guy that's the engine was driving play with Brad Marchand, but doing it from the wing. And why can't the Boston Bruins 
be included in that cup conversation category of true contenders so far this season. They're, you know, trying to to start their season with a 10 game point streak against the Toronto Maple Leafs on Thursday night. I see no reason why with the defense that they have and the goaltending that they can't get there, but don't stop sleeping on David Pasternak. I don't know why there seems to be less talk about him than some of the other top elite scorers in the league. It's almost like we just kind of take it for granted that he's right there and putting up, you know, what appears to be potentially another 60 goal season. Why not? Yeah. When I gave my bold prediction at the beginning of the season saying there was going to be four 60 goal scorers in the league, I didn't have Pasternak as one of them. I'm kind of regretting that at this point. It feels like he's going to get there. Yeah, I mean, at least you didn't tie anything to eating cat food this time around, especially as it relates to the Bruins. I'm learning my lessons, Frank. It's called maturing. You either you either win or you learn. That's what I always say. Fair enough. Uh, let's move along to our big segment today. Bring in Stephen Ellis with the next wave. The next wave is delivered by DoorDash with restaurants, groceries, pharmacies, bakeries, flower shops, and more. Make DoorDash your holiday hack. They have everything you need to make the holiday special. And for a limited time, our Canadian listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more. You download the DoorDash app and enter the code NATION25, all caps, NATION25. Always a pleasure to welcome Stephen Ellis back to the program. And Stephen, we're Getting into the second month of the NHL season, a lot of teams have now played 9, 10, 11 games, and we've passed that benchmark now for rookies where they'll burn a year of their entry-level contract, and there's more than a handful that have stuck with their NHL clubs of the group of rookies that have survived the nine-game cut mark. Who's surprised you the most? I think the most surprising would be Jackson Lacombe out of Anaheim. You know, when you look at this team and the depth this group has on the blue line, and it's going to be one of the better blue lines I think we're going to see um, for a very long time. But w- when it was Zellweger and, and Minchukov, I mean, Minchukov's looking great, but it, those are the guys you'd expect to step up. Zellweger went to the AHL and said, Lacombe's been here the whole time, and he's looked really good. He's played anywhere from the top pairing. He's been a lot, most of the time, the, the top uh, four. Uh, he's got three points already, so he's looking pretty good here for a guy that I, I don't think anyone kind of expected to him to be this good this quickly. You know, he spent four years at the University of Minnesota. He looked really good offensively, maybe some defensive zone issues and the odd decision making issue, but it seems like just the time he's been working with the coaching staff has really worked out. And I guess one fun fact we learned about him when his draft year a couple years ago is that his uh, I believe he's got two uncles that served as bodyguards for Arnold Schwarzenegger. So that's a, that's a fun fact. You probably did not know. That is a ridiculous piece of trivia. Um, <laughs> I wanted to ask you, we were just talking about the Bruins about Matthew Poitra, someone that I think wasn't on anyone's radar to come into camp and win a job, let alone be as productive as he's been and stick around. And this is a kid that, you know, acknowledge that he he left most of his gear at his billet family's house uh, back in junior. What what have you seen from Poitra that enables him to stay? I don't think anyone saw this coming. Um, you know, looking last year and he just exploded uh, with I think it was seventy nine assists. He had one of the best seasons and uh, of anybody in the OHL last year. And I did pick him to be the uh, actually the top scorer in the OHL this year. I think that one's not going to work out. Um, but when it comes to him. He's a guy that in his early days and in, in, in U16 level and things like that, he was a good score, uh, solid defensively, you know, a decent playmaker, but he's really turned up that playmaking side. And we saw those numbers. Mm-hmm. I think the big thing for me was just seeing 
how he can handle the physical side of the games, but also how like just getting him to shoot more. And last year of Guelph, I didn't feel like he shot enough. And that's why you look at a stat line and it was again, 79 assists and 19 goals. It looked a little silly, but uh, I think that right now we're just seeing a guy's playing of confidence and that could have fallen apart. You know, he had a great preseason, but then it took him a while to kind of in this regular season to really get to the level that we knew he could be. Uh, we saw his ice time drop a little bit, but the last few games he's been playing really good. He's been getting those opportunities and, you know, selfishly, I wanted him there to be on team Canada for the world juniors. I think that would have been a good opportunity for him. But again, talking to scouts, even like the start of preseason, most never saw this happening. So it's been cool to see. So what, what is the ceiling though, when it comes to Poitra, like, can he be that next franchise number one center? Or are we talking about a guy, you know, obviously it might take some time to get there, but is he, what is he lower down the lineup? Where is he going to end up? I don't think he's a long-term number one. I think, you know, he's a number two guy that can work with a skilled player who just, he need to pair him with a guy who's going to shoot a lot more. I think that's kind of your key thing. If you can make him that guy who could be the reliable two-way center, but be the setup man, I think as a number two center, cause I just, I don't see him getting, you know, first line numbers in the NHL. He's not Patrice Bergeron's like official replacement. But again, I think the, what we've seen in his development just in the last year alone says that this ceiling is quite high. Uh, I just, I'm, I'm being careful and saying this is a first line center. I just, I, I don't know if that is going to be, the you case. know, you know, who shoots a lot in Boston, right? Uh, uh, yeah. A certain, certain guy we were just talking about. Yeah. And no one's shot the puck more in the last two full seasons than David Pasternak. Uh, Steven, at the beginning of the season, when we were picking your brain about potential Calder Trophy winners, I made the pick of Devin Levi as a goalie. You had Joel Hofer. There's now a third goalie entering the mix here. Yeah, Lucas Dostal out of Anaheim. And when you look at his the amount of starts he made last year in the AHL with the San Diego Gulls, he played just 34 games, but so many of them, over half of them were like 35-shot games. So this is a guy who's had to play a lot of tough hockey in his career and uh, i think he looked really good in anaheim he specifically played a lot against canadian teams if you look at his game log last year but he looked good in those you know his numbers weren't necessarily great but just watching him and just sometimes five six seven shots in a row before the puck gets out of the zone not much you could do right now seeing him put up the numbers he has you know five one and oh and you look at the save percentage it's it's working out right now so he's been a busy guy you expect that with the ducks where they are starting to use these younger defensemen but i My projection here with Hofer being one of the Calder finalists was I expected a goalie to be there and I thought he would be able to push through because I just assumed Anaheim would just be like downright terrible. But you're looking at the team right now. They're one of the more fun teams in the league and Dossel's kind of proven that he might be the number one goalie for the future, which I definitely saw happening either this year or next year, but I didn't expect it to be this quick in the season. Steven, it's U17 season. I know it's like Christmas for you. Um, is there a player that we might see come from this tournament that will become a household name, a name everyone will know pretty soon? Well, he's been mentioned on the show before, but he deserves a mention again, and that's Gavin McKenna, whose cousin is Connor Bedard. So he comes from a uh, uh, good Not Mike player. McKenna. Uh, no, not Mike McKenna. Uh, the different positions, eh, I don't know. Um, but uh, when it comes to the numbers you're seeing here, 20 points in 14 games, that's a 96-point average their, uh, projection this year. That would be one of the best seasons we've ever seen from a 15 slash 16 year old 
in WHL history. So like even potentially beating out Connor Bedard. So unbelievable numbers. We saw him play last year at the Canada winter games. He put up 31 points in seven games with team UConn, just unbelievable tournament breaking, no question about it, but he was playing against guys that like would be single a in certain parts of Canada. So it wasn't the toughest competition. What he's doing against WHL goalies this year has been incredible. He'll be one of the key guys here for, for Canada red at this under 17 tournament. And that is a tournament worth watching. I did a preview here uh, on daily face off today. It's because it's you get to see the 2025 and 2026 prospects, but you're getting just such quality players, whether it be the Americans that tend to win this tournament or if Canada have two teams. But uh, it's looking good. And I will tease one thing: my next draft rankings are coming out next week. I I, I don't we, care who you're playing against. If it's the little sisters of the poor, if you're getting 31 points in seven games, mm-hmm. I mean that is sign me up. Yeah, yeah. It, it n- nobody had ever done that before. So you know, Team UConn and Team UConn to boot. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's not like you're getting a ton of help from your UConn squad. Jeez. Hold up. What was that? Boring, no flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. That's the sound of another sale on Shopify. In store, Shopify POS is everything you need to sell in person. From payments to inventory, Shopify unites your sales into one commerce platform. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash retail 23. Shopify.com slash retail 23. It's, it's going to be a fun tournament. It's going to be a fun tournament. I, I, I recommend you watching. It's an $80 price tag, but it's worth watching. All right, there you go. Steven, we'll have you on next week to talk about those draft rankings you just plugged, but this was a tremendous little insight into some young talent in the NHL. Thanks for hopping on. Thanks, guys. What if he was playing against a team of five Frank Saravalli clones? Would it still be impressive? Well, they would need to hit a treadmill first. Uh, let's move along to our hashtag ask DFO inbox question. Our pal Barra slid in with one Frank asking which coaches are maybe hanging in, hanging the loosest right now. Asked about the two coaches in Alberta. I think we're too soon to have that conversation, but where I'll take this Frank is out in Ottawa. Do you believe Steve Stales vote of confidence in DJ Smith or is it the old kiss of death? No, I do believe it. The way that he answered the question was really sincere. It wasn't those, well, we like DJ Smith, but, or we haven't made a decision on the coach yet. Uh, they answered it in a way that saying the players haven't cheated DJ Smith on effort once um, really stood out to me. And it made me feel like they, they still think he's got lots of runway left to try and figure this thing out. He needs wins. There's no question about that. If this team gets to the end of November and they're, 
under 500 or just 500, it's probably going to be a different conversation. So I'm not going to say he's got, you know, an interminably long rope, but it seems like there's at least a little bit of room under that collar. All right, let's move along. Botano daily bets. The Coyotes losing a heartbreaker in overtime to the Ducks last night. Frank, my love. Sean Thursday fight too. How about that? Love that. With like three minutes to go in a tied game. Like he got hit hard and then just, it almost felt like he was like, ow, that hurt. And then he looked and saw the guy that did it right there and was like, oh, I can get my licks in right now. Um, the best that was, was that he didn't wait for anyone to come in and do it for yeah. him. He's just like, boom. Yeah, it was a fantastic hockey game last night from start to finish. Uh, tonight, I got three plays here. Gav, throw up my first one. Uh, I'm taking the over in the Yotes and Canadians game. Canadians have been a pretty solid over team. We've seen the Coyotes get their goal scoring going a little bit as of late. And on the second of back-to-backs, I think maybe they could be a little sloppy. So I'm going over there. Oilers money line is play number two. I think Edmonton is being undervalued a bit, even though they're favorites. Dallas gave up a ton of shots to Calgary last night. Oilers played great against the Flames on Sunday, and now they've had some days off. Second of back-to-backs for Dallas, three and four for the Stars as well. So I like Edmonton on the money line. And my player prop this evening, doing a little one-point parlay. Quinn Hughes, he's becoming one of my favorite players to bet on. He smashed his shot prop for me earlier in the week. Canucks against the Sharks. The offense should get going. Hughes should be involved. Also, Braden Point as the Lightning take on the Blue Jackets. Minus 222, but he saw his point streak come to an end in the last game. I like Braden Point to bounce back. Bolt's power play has been solid as well. He plays a key role there. Play those two together for a plus money play and a little two-pick parlay over on Botano. Speaking of points, uh, that brings us to Garbage Time, which is presented by Wendy's and the new Daily Face-Off Survivor game, which is active right now live and it was pretty interesting day one of the daily face-off wendy's survivor pool uh we had 549 people make picks last night and 141 of them were knocked out i'm happy to say that i'm still going but i'm going with the tim stutzla over uh a half a point so to get a point uh tonight for the ottawa senators only been one game so far that he's been held off the score sheet tyler i'm liking timmy stew to get a point yeah, 25% of people who made picks so far are going to Stutzla. I had Robertson last night to get a point. I survived. Today, I'm going with one that's a little bit lesser pick, though. Detroit Red Wings, over 28.5 shots on goal. They are averaging just over 30.5 shots on goal, so I like them to hit that number tonight. If you want to play along, dailyfaceoff.com and the Wendy's Survivor Game, all brought to you by Wendy's and their brand-new barbecue bacon cheeseburger, which I'm hearing some rumblings. That might be the surprise or the prize if you survive all four picks this week in the pool. There, there might be even even bigger surprise. We don't know. Not confirmed yet. Sources say entirely possible that everyone who plays this week gets a free barbecue bacon cheeseburger from Wendy's. Ooh. So sign up at dailyfaceoff.com for that Wendy's survivor game. Pretty awesome. Compete against me, Tyler, the whole crew. Uh, let's have some fun. All right, uh, garbage time today, Frank. I wanted to shine some light on a decision that the WHL made. They are going to make neck protection mandatory, and it's all starting tomorrow. So they are wasting zero time. Neck guards already mandatory in the OHL and the Q, the other two major leagues. So this made sense, but ties into a bigger conversation that I really like, and that's that leagues are taking this stuff seriously on the heels of the Adam Johnson incident. Yeah, and, and I think it's about time that the NHL Players Association takes this more seriously as well. One of their own former members was killed last weekend uh, with that 
sequence in England. And you start to see some more players now wearing neck guards. This is from Seth Rohrbaugh at practice today with the Pittsburgh Penguins, one of those teams that has made it mandatory for their AHL and ECHL players to wear neck protection. Well, you have a couple guys out there today, Ryan Graves, Marcus Pedersen, Lars Eller, who you see here, and Eric Carlson all wearing the neck protection. The NHL, of course, cannot mandate it, but we've gotten to a place before with some other pieces of equipment, including visors. We're down to like four or six guys currently playing in the NHL that don't wear a visor. It's crazy to think that when I first started covering this league 15 years ago, Almost no one wore a visor. It felt like 20% of the league. That has changed drastically. And then, of course, they grandfather it in. And pretty soon, we'll be down to the very last guy. Might be Ryan O'Reilly. That was my pick a number of years ago. Nonetheless, it took the NHLPA to relent to that point and say, yes, we think that this is in the best interest of players. Before, it's been all about personal choice. Now they've engaged into some discussions already with the NHL about the idea of it. I think they should move to mandate it and grandfather it in. We'll see what happens. But Tyler, one of the other really interesting parts of this has been a supply chain issue. You haven't been able to get neck protection in the wake of this tragedy. It's been flying off the shelves. TJ Oshie's apparel company, War Road, they sold out in a matter of hours after the Adam Johnson incident. You can't get your hands on this stuff. So for the WHL and some of these other leagues that are already putting these mandates in place, it's, yes, this date of Friday or when your team can finally get its hands on the apparel. Interesting. Supply chain issues. It's good to see that this stuff is getting taken seriously, though. Uh, That is a wrap on today's edition of the show. We'll be back tomorrow with a Friday edition. Big shout out to Botano, Wendy's, DoorDash, and you, Frank Saraval. You brought it today. Uh, That's a wrap. We'll talk to everybody again tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in to Daily Faceoff Live. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. That's the sound of another sale on Shopify. In store. Shopify POS is everything you need to sell in person. From payments to inventory, Shopify unites your sales into one commerce platform. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash retail 23. Shopify.com slash retail 23. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? 
but there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount, and that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first, and you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.